What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. We've got our first 2024 NFL Draft content coming at you guys today. With our first positional rankings, we've got safeties and tight ends up on deck in that order. Um, I will preface, so the way we're doing this, our, our rankings, same as last year. Um, each going to go top fives with a couple guys we may have watched kind of outside the top five that we want to give a quick shout out to. Um, so we're going to go in reverse order of best position groups in the class. So today we're doing safeties and tight ends because these are, in our mind, two of the weaker position groups in the class. So that would mean, you know, tackles, receivers, quarterbacks will be, you know, three of the last, you know, few that we do, right? So um, also lends us to kind of be able to get more tape watch on the better groups and kind of, you know, to get these these not as great, not as deep, uh, you know, <clears throat> positional groups this year, maybe do the initial watch and then go back after the senior bowl combine and kind of correct these if we, if we feel necessary. Um, I certainly know I will. With safeties, I know I, Brett and I kind of talked beforehand, and I kind of made the comment that feels like safeties make a lot of money at the Senior Bowl, um, and some lose a lot of money. I think tight ends as well. I think we see a lot of guys, tight ends, safeties that kind of fly under the radar as not super, you know, flashy or sexy positions that we kind of get too late, or you know, the general draft media gets too late. Um, we find out about the Senior Bowl, and they have great games or uh, great practice tapes. So um, certainly two positions that we'll look look to kind of get a better glimpse of the senior bowl and the shrine bowl and all the kind of the rest of the all-star circuit, um, certainly at their pro days and their combines and um, kind of, kind of assess from there later on. But this is more of a first baseline. Obviously uh, we made, we made big board changes all the way up to the last, uh, last couple of days before the draft this year. So or I guess last year. So obviously all subject to change. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll preface that now, but super excited to get into this. I was excited to kind of get back into the, the tape study for position groups for the pod. Obviously I've done some, uh, with tackles and receivers just for for my own you know fandom sake of the chargers but i'm um, certainly fun to get back into this and i'm i'm, I'm pipe, hyped up to talk about a couple really good prospects on this on this list today and certainly some sleepers that will maybe maybe one of us will be high on early and um kind of beat the crowd too yeah no doubt looking forward to it um so safeties and tight ends today we're going to kick it off with safeties i watched six um you know not like super thoroughly uh but you know enough to get a good idea of what they're about what they're good at what they kind of are missing in their game um you know i wanted to get eight but i didn't really get to it um with having to do two position groups in one week kind of makes it tougher uh to get as detailed into guys which looking forward to you know in the future when we're doing one position group a week just give us more time to really dive into the class and look at guys and really it'll help us differentiate some guys from others and rank them more accurately. But for a first uh, position rankings episode, I feel like did a pretty good job um, on figuring out what guys were better than others, you know, prioritizing certain skills over others, which you may think of differently. Um, but in terms of what I think would work in the modern NFL and what's going to be, you know, most useful to a team coming in and what's probably going to be a second, third or fourth round draft pick. Uh, but kicking it off here, I'm going to start with, just real quick, I'm going to touch on the guy that I left out. Um, he's a good player. It's Tyke Smith from Georgia. I honestly, I didn't I didn't think he was that bad. Um, you know, he's, he's one of those stockier guys. 5'10", 205 is what they have him at. And he's the oldest one that I looked at. He's going to be uh, 23 next month. He's from Philly. Um he spent two seasons at West Virginia, actually, and d actually had pretty good numbers there. Uh, I think he would have been better off staying at West Virginia than transferring to Georgia because when he was at Georgia in 2021, he actually didn't really play at all. Um, and it wasn't because of transfer. Like, he logged snaps, but he just didn't play much. Um, you know, only had like five tackles or something like that, um, if I remember correctly. But nonetheless, he goes to Georgia. He wins a couple titles with them this year, obviously falling short. Um, but last year and this year, he was pretty productive. This year, he had 70 tackles, two passes defensed, two sacks, and four picks. Um, so more ball productive. Obviously, two sacks is huge with him, you know, likely being at, most of the time being in that nickel role. Um, I noticed that he was pretty strong and fairly high energy, but he didn't quite 
um, have the physicality that I wanted from like a safety his size. If you're like a stockier nickel, you should bring that physicality. And I think he flashed it occasionally, but didn't consistently have it in his game. Um, but when you look at uh, across the board, I thought he was a good run defender. He played the run pretty well. Now, granted, that helped that he had a lot of talented guys around him. Um, and obviously, like I said, four picks this season. And on those picks, he's actually pretty good with the ball in his hands. Um, I don't know if they ever considered him putting in him, putting him on offense, but he was actually pretty solid, um, you know, after the catch, so to speak, when he uh, picked the passes off. In terms of what he could work on, like I said, physicality could be a little bit more physical. Um, I'm sure that'll improve, you know, when he gets to the league, though. Um, but being, you know, being in college football for five seasons, I just thought he would be a little um, more sound on his physicality and tackling. Um I thought overall the route recognition wasn't great. Thought it could have been a little bit better. Speed, obviously being a stockier guy, he, he wasn't quite as quick as some other guys, which you kind of expect. And he didn't always trust his instincts. I noticed he was a little late on, you know, rea- reaction time recognition, which are big things for me, um, and safety. So I think at the end of the day, he's probably around three guy. Um, I did really like what I saw. He definitely benefited from being in a good defense. Like I said, I think he would have benefited from staying at West Virginia longer to where he could have flashed more. He could have popped out more. And I think it ultimately would have helped his stock. But nonetheless, um, productive year at Georgia um, for the two-time defending champions. And I think um, he could be a good pro. I think he'll have to learn for a bit, but he could turn into a pretty good pro. Yeah, Tyke Smith. I, I guess I had seven. Um Tyke Smith, I got so I got the both Georgia both Georgia safeties. Um, Tyke being like you said, more of a more of a slot player. Um, nevertheless, uh, like you said, good player, not in my top five as well. Um, Kelly would come in right out, outside of it. Um, like all what you said, it's hard to get it's hard to get eight nine guys watch when you're doing two in a week. Um, you know, I know school both started for both of us. Um, kind of a busy weekend with the basketball game and uh, football going on still. So. Not a not a huge chance to watch kind of the, the wide breadth of guys I would have preferred to, but always uh, being the first position groups we get to, tons of time to go back and, and, and get to the rest of them later on. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm going to go with my – since, again, I watched Tyke, but you kind of hit the – talked about it a little bit here. Go to the next guy that I watched. So I think he's going to have a good senior bowl. Um, I think this guy's going to make himself a lot of money at the senior bowl. I know he's pretty low on a lot of boards right now, but I'll go with uh, Cole Bishop out of Utah. Um same thing I did last year. I tried to give guys a word or a phrase that I think describes their game well. I gave Coles downhill, um, or you could even go with old school. Guy really looks to play physical. Um, I won't say like take head take heads off, but he's definitely looking to lower lower the boom and uh, physically impose himself upon upon his upon of uh, his opponents. And um, didn't quite get into my top five. I feel like he's a guy who's going to be uh, a riser for sure, pushing to people's top fives. Um, Bit of a uh, jack of all trades, master of none, if you will. Uh, guy who can do a lot of things pretty well. I think he'll be a monster special teamer in the NFL. Um, plays really, really fast. Plays physical. Um, just don't know how he's going to be in coverage. Um, again, would like to see him get a little more one-on-one opportunities in coverage at the Senior Bowl. So looking forward to watching him as one of the rare, one of the actually one of the first juniors to ever go to the Senior Bowl. Um, with that kind of being a new, new thing this year. Um, one of like the think of a handful, like what. 15-ish juniors are committed right now to the Senior Bowl, so he's one I'll definitely be watching. Um, I guess we'll start with our top fives here. I'll start it off at number five. We'll alternate back and forth. Um, I have a feeling most of these guys will be similar, but at number five, I've got Kalen Bullock out of USC. A word I gave Kalen was range. Um, let me scroll down here. Me his height and weight. Uh, six foot, 390 pounds. Um, guy who was kind of played all over for USC. Got um, 250 slots in the snap, 270 slots in the box. And then 320 snaps deep. I think he fits a lot better as a deep safety at the next level. Um, really a guy who, while he's a willing tackler, he's not a great tackler. He misses a lot of tackles. Uh, 13.5% missed tackle rate's not great. It doesn't take on blockers well in the run game. Uh, however, like I said, uh, really good coverage player. One of the one of the lone bright spots for the USC defense this year, especially in the secondary. Um, again, really good range on this guy. Willing tackler. He, he's... That's, that's half the battle is teaching guys to be willing to come up and tackle from their safety spots. So I like that. Uh, I like the fact that he did play well in coverage at the slot in the box and kind of deep as a free safety. So uh, I think he fits in nicely as a, as a zone heavy player. 
Um, think Gus Bradley scheme, Dan Quinn scheme, the cover three, um, asking him to go play deep. I don't think he's going to struggle with range at the next level. Uh, I think he's got solid long speed. Um, similar to the two guys I have ahead of him as well. Don't worry about speed with him that much. I um, think he's, again, uh, ball productive. He's always looking to get picks. Um, he had two two picks this year, seven forcing completions. Um, a pretty ball productive the year prior as well. Just think he struggles a little bit in the red zone as well. I think he struggles in short areas. Um, against really really shifty guys don't think he's I think he's got good speed don't know if he's super super shifty um, we'll see kind of how that how the testing numbers back that up with the three, the three cone and and the shuttle and all that so we'll see um, but again a lone bright spot for USC a rangy guy that I think um, can become a better tackler at the next level yeah I like it and I think instead of going you know your five my five I think we should just talk about the same guy just to keep yeah. it yeah consistent um, yeah i did not I, have you, him at i didn't have him at five i had him higher um all right i had him at number three i thought hey fair enough i thought he was really rangy i mean six three one ninety is rare in this class and i think that'll mm-hmm. play to his advantage um yeah i mean he's just athleticism overall i he, by the look of him it, he has probably has really good vertical um you know, only three seasons at USC, so one of the younger guys as well. He turns 21 the week of the draft. Um, when you look at it, I think, I mean, for only being there three seasons, he played a ton of snaps from what I saw. Um, you know, two picks this year, seven passes defense, which just is a testament to how rangy he is. Um, 61 tackles, so like you said, um, you know, he can still make tackles. I noticed there were some arm tackles. Um, so overall, I mean, most of the DBs don't really tackle fundamentally correct, but at the end of the day, uh, as long as you make the tackle, it doesn't matter a whole lot on how, um, but I noticed there were some arm tackles. He wasn't quite as physical as I wanted him to be. Um, I noticed primarily he was deep, um, but the ball skills were just, I mean, he only had two picks, but I thought the ball skills were really, really good. Um, long arms, which popped out, I think just, once again, just being able to make up ground with his arms, really, just as much as, as his legs. Um, very good in zone, uh, you know, being a deep safety, solid in zone. And he, route recognition in terms of understanding the routes, closing speed, we're all solid. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. In terms of things he was lacking, like I said, some arm tackles, a little bit of physicality, but... Um, he's pretty lean. I think he can put on a little bit of muscle at the next level, you know, 10 pounds or whatever, not too much. Um, Cause I think that might take away from his speed, but just tailoring him to the defense, I think it'll be easy. I think he's more so um, a ball of clay in comparison to some of these other guys to where you can kind of mold him to your defense. But um, I really liked him. I think he's going to be probably second round pick, but probably that back half of the second round, maybe like 40 or later. Um, but yeah, one of the young guys, he grew up in California, obviously went to USC. Um, Shane, we're looking forward to see how he does, but he was three for me. I really liked him. Yeah, no, like you said, really, really rangy guy. He's got rare rare length in this class. I think that's another thing. He was a, I mean, he's arms down to his knees almost, super long, um, something you don't see a lot of with the other guys in this class. Maybe maybe Rod Moore out of Michigan. Um, I feel like the other guys are a little, a little more compact in their build. Um Again, super high ceiling. Again, I, I will say five to three were all pretty close for me. It was a pretty clear top two with three to five yeah. being pretty close. Um, I go with uh, who's who's your who's your who's your guy at five then? We'll go who who's your guy at five. I got five is Javon Bullard. Okay. All right, I had him at three. So we flip flop five and three here. Okay. Um, all right. I'll let you talk about Bullard first though. All right. Um. So Bullard, I really liked him. Obviously, watching him and Tyke Smith kind of simultaneously but he's from Milledgeville Georgia so he grew up there uh, I assume growing up wanting to go to Georgia um, he spent three seasons there so never transferred you know I don't think probably ever wavered from his commitment um, 5'11 195 so about your standard safety um, he's probably better as a free safety his own player uh, fits his game a little better he played over 500 snaps each of the past two seasons so a lot of experience on what was a really good defense uh, 56 tackles, five passes defensed, and two picks. I noticed, you know, in comparison to Tyke, it helped me um, evaluate them each other just because 
you know, playing at the same time a lot of the time. Um, I, I noticed Bullard in comparison was – I noticed he was overall really aware. Um, he gets his head turned pretty easily and quickly, um, you know, at opportune times to make a play, and that kind of played into his five passes defense. Um, a lot of the times he would, you know, be slightly out of place and then quickly recover and make a play on the ball. Um, I did notice sometimes, though, for how instinctive he was, he gave up big plays, which kind of, you know, went against his conservative play style. It seemed like he was just playing not to give up the big play and gave up a few. Um, so that's something to look for. But overall, I really liked him, you know, obviously more so than Tyke, but different players, um, you know, different, really two different two classes separate them as well. So um not too comparable other than they play the same position on the same defense in terms of their role at the next level but um yeah bowler's my five um bullock's my three so um overall i just liked bullock better i think he can play the modern nfl safety position a little better um it helps that he's younger and i mean not by a whole lot i think it also helps that he played on a not great defense whereas he didn't you know get all that star power around him like uh, Bullard and Smith had at Georgia. Um, Bullock had the ability to showcase his talents. And I believe, like I said, is more can more easily be molded into the player you want him to be uh, just because he kind of had to do a lot on that defense. So um, I really like Bullard going back to him. Um, and he's probably another, you know, back half of the second round guy, if I had to guess. So, uh, you probably see a lot of those safeties, tight ends, going round two and three like we normally do. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on him. I didn't, didn't have a whole lot. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, so I had Bullard at three. A um, couple notes here. Transition from a slot only the role in 2022 into more of a deep safety role in 2023. Um, in doing so, I thought he put really good tape, more quality tape out there at kind of a different position, more of a different role than he had seen uh, the last couple of years, I mean, 510 slot snaps in 2022 as a sophomore going for, I mean, played almost none. D. He played 12 deep snaps last year going to now 362 deep snaps, 144 slot snaps with 80 slot or box snaps here in 2023. Um, I thought the tape was just as good. The reason I had Bullard at three ahead of the other two guys is I feel like the other, I think with Bullock and then the guy I have at four, who I think is also going to be your guy at four, um, feel like they're a little more role specific. I, while I think the other guy, we'll get to him in a minute. Both, both guys can play some slot and can play some box. I think they both fit better as deep safeties. Whereas I think Bullard did both at a really high level. And it's more about, to me, the fact that Bullard put on tape at both positions in a super heavy snap count. I also think Bullard is better than these two guys in man coverage. Um, like you said, a, a, a really, really smart player, a guy who um, didn't often – take a, a ton of risks. It felt like there were some times where give the unchar- uncharacteristic deep play, but again, um, guy who, again, a pretty sound player thought he was the best man coverage guy in the class. Obviously, um, smallest guy we've got on this list at five eleven one ninety five. Um, he's going to run super well at the combine. Now, this guy's going to have really, really good times. I think he's a really good athlete and he's going to have good explosives as well. Um, same thing with Bullard. I think Bullard's going to have, or, uh, Bullock's going to have really good explosives as well. Um, I just love the fact that we got really good deep safety and slot tape from Bullard. Um, super, super well-coached guy. Having been in Georgia for three years. Um, very sound player like we talked about. Um, while he didn't always get INTs, um, a lot more PBUs, wasn't the most sure-handed guy, was always looking to get to the ball, uh, which I thought was always um, was always really impressive. Um, and for safeties, missed tackle percentage at 10.8%. Like, that sounds high, but for safeties, it's really not that bad. Um, 26.9% or forced incompletion rate is really solid. Um, and a guy who played a lot of deep safety this year, making tackles inside 10 yards is solid with a 9.9 average depth of uh, run tackle. Um, thought he played the run well. But again, the, the big thing for me is a really good coverage player. And I think he's the best man coverage player in the class. I think he has two homes in the NFL. Um, as a deep safety and as a slot corner. So uh, more of a, a versatile player than, there two, than the other couple guys below him, I think. But again, um, really, just a solid player. Don't know how early I'd draft him. Um, probably not even a round two player for me. I think the, all these three, three of these guys are more 
Um, kind of maybe late round two, probably early round three, mid round three for me personally. Um, yeah, so I guess the guy who we probably, I think the guy who we both have it for, certainly my number four, I assume your number four is going to be Rod Moore out of Michigan. Um, let me pull up his, uh, his snap counts here. Let's see. Uh, <clears throat> about a hundred snaps to eat the, each of the slot in the box and then 200 or 300 snaps deep this year, uh, 400 snaps deep last year. Um, just missed. Like, I think he played a couple less games this year. I think he missed the first three games for Michigan this year. Um, so snap count percentages are about the same as they were in 2022. The word I gave the word I gave for Rod was fluid. Um, he feels like a really fluid player, both in the slot and deep. I know you mentioned kind of kind of got all, you know, like what you saw in the slot. Um, I think he's a really solid run defender coming down from his deep safety spot. I'll say that um, really good long speed. I think he's got um, some really, really nice speed to kind of flip the hips and turn and go. Um, comes down here really, really fast, which I like to see a lot. Um, a really solid run defender, I think. Uh, maybe not a great a great man coverage guy. I think is maybe not like – maybe not quite the man coverage player that Bullard was, but, again, still a quality coverage player. And, um, again, not going to struggle kind of playing the deep balls at the next level. Um, he's a physical tackler. He missed 11, 11% of his tackles, but again, a physical player, I thought. Um, ball productive, looking for INTs, doesn't always get him, but a guy who's looking to create turnovers, which I like to see from the safeties as well, which to me is also a big indicator of, of quality safety plays. Guys looking to turn the ball over. And the two guys at the top certainly do that on at every occasion, which to me, kind of the, the way that they play sets them, sets them apart in that aspect. But um, no, more, more looks from the ball over. Obviously, I mean, listen, he's a guy who came up big for Michigan all year. And they're up to a title. I know you can't really quantify a guy being clutch or a guy making big plays, but Rod was where he needed to be when he needed to be there. Um, you think about the Ohio State game, he gets the game ceiling pick. Um, seemingly was never out of place. Felt like he was a guy who, again, well-coached player and, um, you know, never really kind of in the wrong spot. It didn't feel like Rod ever got beat super bad. Obviously, I didn't watch, you know, all, you know, 12 games or whatever he played in. Um didn't watch every single snap of all 12 games, but in the games that I did watch, it felt like Rod was never getting beat real bad. It felt like he was always um, in position a couple of, I think one touchdown a lot on the season. So um, those are good numbers. there. Got a guy who just seemingly was always in the right place and um, doing his job, which I like to see. Yeah, I don't have uh, those numbers, you know, PFF. They do. They do a great job of getting all those numbers. I did not. Uh, get them in as a part of my evaluation but um, in terms of what I saw at the end of the day um, it's your prototypical safety I think yeah um, he spent three seasons at Michigan so one of the younger guys 38 tackles three passes defensed and two picks um, I thought he was really quick uh, you know reaction time pretty solid awareness. He was just overall complete. I think when you're, you know, going down his alignment snap counts, um, you know, he pretty much played all over. I thought he was good on the, good in the slot. Uh, but you know, they primarily had him deep. I noticed sometimes he would play too far off, give too big of a cushion. Um, and that occasionally when he was in the box, uh, he would have some trouble getting off blocks on some runs, but for the most part, he was pretty solid. Uh, probably another back half of the second round guy, um we'll see at the end of the day obviously where he ends up a lot can change between now and then but yeah i mean i'll keep it short and sweet Uh, you pretty much covered it i really liked him number four for me so yeah i could like i said all three of these guys you know bullock more and bullard all could have been any order to three for three through five for me um a lot of projection going on with a couple of these guys less less with others um i'll get to my number two um I think our top two are going to be the same. My number two is Cam Kitchens, my safety out of Miami. The word I gave Cam was Hunter. The guy's always hunting the football. He's always around the ball, which you like to see with, with really good safeties. They're always around the ball. He's a phenomenal pursuit player. Um, followed up a really good a really good sophomore year with another quality year as a junior. Uh, missed five, I believe. Missed three games with a neck injury this year. Um, he's really physical downhill. downhill. He, he quick he, – he quickly triggers on, on, on route breaks. Um, same thing when quarterbacks kind of escape the pocket. He's quick to trigger downhill, which I like to see. Does a really good job of getting eyes in the quarterback's eyes. Um, obviously, something that you can't really do as much of in, in, in the NFL, but 
I'm not going to knock the guy for doing it in college. Um, really read quarterback's eyes really well. I thought that was something that, again, him and the guy I have at number one um, did really, really well, uh, was read quarterback's eyes and, and play through play through the ball. Um, I do think Cam might struggle a little bit with long speed in the NFL. I, I don't think he's got the speed that the other three guys we talked about do. Um, incredibly willing tackler, <laughs> very willing to go stick his nose at anything, super physical, um, looks to physically impose himself against his opponent. Uh, I thought he, I, th- I do think while I don't know how he's gonna ha- gonna handle long speed at the next level, at six foot, 205 pounds, and think he moves well for being that stocky, if you will. Um, better zone player than man coverage guy. I'm not super sticky in coverage, but again, um, really solid player. I think the biggest thing for Cam is I think he's gonna get hooked with the with the double move at the next level. I think he's so aggressive, getting to the ball and making making stops. I think really good receivers will set him up and he'll get beat deep on the double move. Um, that's that easily improvable. I think Cam's a really solid player, very physical. I think he's the most physical guy in this class um, that plays the physic that plays the physicality the right way. Um, and he's good. He's a really really good player, um, solid tackler, physical downhill, um, really good at tackling guys kind of in the route. Um, Again, not maybe not maybe not as good of a season as he had in 2022, um, but a really solid year this year. And like I said, guy was always around the ball, um, forced a lot of turnovers, which kind of we talked about looking to turn the ball over, um, looking to go score when he turns the ball over too. So um, I'm I'm a big fan of Cam's, and um, he's a guy who I think slots in kind of in the in the front half of round two, could maybe sneak into the maybe sneak into round one. Kind of depends on how the premium positions go at the back end of round one, but certainly a guy I think can sneak into round one, but definitely a, a solid round two player. Yeah, I agree. I think he could, you know, he's probably a top 40 guy. He's probably going to be one of those guys that teams are looking to trade up for to make sure they can get in round two after day one concludes. I initially thought Cam would be my number one, but he's my number two as well. Um, you know, him and the guy we have at one, I think for me, it was pretty close. Cam, uh, three years at University of Miami, grew up in Miami, six foot, 205. So, you know, pretty solid uh, size. He's 21 years and he's like 21 and a half right now. So pretty young. He had two, you know, big years of production being this year and last year. Like you said, last year was a little bit better. Um, 59 tackles, five passes defensed, a sack and five picks. So they had him moving around a good bit, not a great defense. And he was kind of one of the few stars on there. So moving him around is probably more so than they should have. Uh but yeah, I noticed he was really rangy too, quicker than most of the physical safeties you'll see, and that's just a testament to his overall athleticism. I think like he is really physical, but he's also quick, um, strong, and fast. He's just fairly complete. He can miss tackles occasionally, and he's sometimes out of control as he can over pursue things. Um, but yeah, like you said, I like him a lot too. My number two, um, probably a top forty pick. And I, I mean, that's good. We feel pretty equally on these guys. Um, you know, I think one and two could flop between now and then, but we'll see. Obviously, the playing, uh, the film is done. Now it's just everything else, interviews, pro day, combine, athleticism overall. And I think, you know, number one and number two can have a good combine. But I guess I'll get my number one real quick. Um, it's Minnesota's Tyler Newbin. He's from St. Charles, Illinois. Uh, you know, Minnesota had a pretty solid defense this year in the Big Ten, and he kind of headed up that unit. Uh, he's 6'2", 210, so a big safety. A little older, too. Um, he's going to be 23 before training camp starts. Spent five seasons at Minnesota, never transferred, uh, just worked his way up the depth chart and had a couple big seasons, really the past three years, going back to 21. Uh, really consistent, solid production. Uh, this season, he had 53 tackles, four passes defensed, a sack, a forced fumble, and five picks. So kind of a do-it-all guy for them. I think he excelled in the slot um, as kind of a nickel safety while also playing well deep. Uh, granted, there weren't a lot of great passing attacks in the Big Ten. But I noticed he was also similar to Kinchins, Kinchins is that he is uh, physical while playing fast. He had a high IQ, maybe the highest IQ out of every, anyone in the class in terms of size. It's there. Experience is there. Um, you know, for being a fifth-year guy, he's not like 24 years old or whatever. Um, 
recovering, I noticed, was a little bit of a struggle for him. Uh, at 6-2-2-10, you thought he would recover a little bit better, and it just wasn't quite there. Uh, he can miss tackles due to poor form sometimes, similar to, I believe it was, um, Bullock. Just some arm tackles that weren't great uh, to see from a guy his size. Change of direction wasn't great either. It seems like he got a little stuck sometimes. Couldn't flip his hips as quickly as he needed it to be, you know, when the opposing team was moving the ball. But other than that, I really, really liked him a lot. Clean for the most part and just played on a really good defense. And being the best player on a really good defense is always a testament to, you know, to your overall, um, you know, work ethic, athleticism. And I think it's all there for him. You know, being in college for five years really helped him a lot. I know a lot of guys, you know, shouldn't stay. They should go. But, you know, spending that extra time there really helped him. And I think he's going to benefit greatly from it being my uh, safety one. Yeah, safety one for me as well is Tyler Newbin out of Minnesota. Um, th- I think the word I gave, gave Tyler was smart. Um, clearly, I mean, you can just tell watching the tape. He's a guy who's played uh, in college football for a long time. Um, monster year from him. Um, really, really good coverage player. So, I mean, that's me. That's the big one. Um, definitely some missed tackles on film, although he's a physical player. I think he plays downhill. He's looking to, again, uh, physically impose himself upon his opponent, I think. Couple of the missed tackles, like you said, come from come a breakdown of form, but I don't think it's to a lack of like ability to have good form. I think he just is playing so fast sometimes he like he gets ahead of himself and and like you said, he's not a super agile guy. Um and he hit that hit that nail on the head. Um wasn't a super great again recovery guy, um, didn't really move great in small and short areas. So again, maybe not a great tester, um, but a guy who just a really, really solid football player. Um does everything really well, I thought. Um again, jack of all trades. Um, but I think he is a coverage master. He was he was phenomenal in coverage this year. Uh, man coverage, zone coverage, thought he did really well there. Um, 468 deep snaps this year. I mean, he's going to slot in as a as a uh, as a as a two high guy. Um, 200 box snaps. So uh, Minnesota did a bunch of rotating of their safeties kind of late uh, at times. So sometimes well, you know boundary fields. Some guys were playing deeper. Some guys were playing shorter. Um, but guy was going to slot in nicely as as a, as a two high safety guy. Um, I think Tyler can slot into the first round potentially. I don't know if he's going to athletically test well enough to do that. I think he's probably going to be a round two guy, similar to Cam. Now, I think if you had Newbin or Kinchin's tape with the athletic testing of a Bullard or Moore or a, or a Bullock, you're probably talking about a round one guy. But teams value athleticism in their safeties, um, and, and I just don't know if these guys are going to have that freakish athletic ability that, that the other, other guys might. Um, Nicky has better speed than, than Kinchin's does. Uh, which is a big thing for me, especially playing as much deep safety as both of them played. Um, would like to see a little bit better deep, deep speed from Cam. But again, um, both I thought played physically downhill. Um, a couple notes here on on Newbin. Um, if I can scroll to the right spot in my document. Um, let's see. Where did it go? Here we go. Um, I think Tyler got the reputation as more of like a rangy, like deep safety. And while he was... Like he, I think he laid the, I mean, he lays the wood at times. Like he's looking to deliver big hits and, and deliver blows. Um, again, more of a traditional safety, but again, um, it does a lot of things well. So that's that kind of wraps up the safety group. Uh, like I said, these guys are gonna change. I don't, I know last year Tyler Newbin was expected to, he declared and had accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. Ended up going back to school. I don't really know why. I, I never got around to doing the research on it. Um, so I, I would assume he goes to the Senior Bowl this year or the Shrine Bowl this year. Um, would probably have a great a great you know All Star circuit if he if he decided to opt that route. Um, but yeah, kind of see we'll kind of see how that goes. Again, safeties are going to change a lot. Again, we're going to see some guys pop up the Senior Bowl that we haven't really heard of or watched. Um, the kind of transitions into the tight end group, I think we'll have a similar kind of a. a an arc, if you will, this offseason. Um, I'll give a little bit of a general note before the tight end class. Last year's tight end class was, I think, well thought of as the greatest tight end class ever, at least in the modern draft era. This is maybe the worst. This one's pretty bad. I will be honest. Um, I've got one. I've got a my guy in this class, and then you know I've got two guys who I think are going to be, um, you know, day two and earlier picks. But other than that, man, it's ugly. Um, <laughs> Uh, not a great class. I watched six guys. Um, well, I tried to watch six. Really, there was a guy who only played a few games this year um, due to injury. And um, 
Actually, I don't even think he declared. In fact, I think he went back to school. Well, no, I guess I watched. I guess I watched. I call it six because kid from Iowa went back to school. Um, but we will. Uh, so I'll start it off with a guy that I watched um, that I did not have in my top five. Uh, Brevin Spanford out of Minnesota. Um, guy who had a monster year, really, really good year in, in 2022 um, as a, um, gosh, was he a senior last year? He's a, he's a grad student, correct? My my correct in, in, in believe he was a grad transfer? Um, I believe he was. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, grad transfer. Um Guy was at Minnesota this year. Came, I mean, well, I guess no, he's in transfer. He's just a grad student. He'd been, been in college a long time. Um, a lot of people thought he'd declare last year. He was eligible to. I mean, he's, this was his sixth year of college football in 2023. Probably should have declared last year. Had a really solid year. I mean, great as a loaded tight end class. I think a lot of guys came back. Um, super disappointed in, 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 in Brevin Span forward. Um, a lot of drops. Wasn't a great route runner this year. I mean, you name it, just was kind of disappointing. So a guy that was not in my top five um, in a not great class that I was I was very disappointed in. Um, I remember watching the first their first game of the year in Nebraska and going, man, Tyler Newbin's really good. And Brevin Span forward lived up to none of the expectations. So um, kind of a tone setter for both those guys seasons. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many you got. You watched six guys or seven guys. Seven. Seven. OK. Did you watch him? No. OK. All right. Well, he's probably not your top five anyway. So give me give me a guy or two guys you watched that weren't uh, weren't in the top five. Yeah, I'll just hit my two that didn't make it. Um, well, unless you watched one, then obviously we can get to it. Um, yeah. My first one was Penn State's Theo Johnson. Did you get to him? I did not. He was next on my list. I didn't no? get to him. No. All right. He is from Windsor, Ontario. Um Ooh. Six foot six, two sixty four. So similar to span forward, bigger tight end. Uh, he's old as well. Going to be over, you know, over twenty three. I think he turns twenty three next month. Spent four seasons at Penn State, but what I liked is he improved each season. He had thirty four catches, three hundred forty one yards, seven touchdowns, and ten yards per catch. So by looking at that, you know, more of a red zone threat. Didn't really go to him a lot, you know, in the midfield area. Um, you know, more of a short area guy to where he could use his size to his advantage. Uh, really good hands, I thought. You know, he was used kind of up to seam for the most part. Uh, better size than most in the class. I think when you look at the bigger tight ends, you look more so, okay, blocker, you know, short-range guys, that you know, those 15-yard routes, um, red zone like he was used here. But he moved quick. He moved like a smaller tight end, like a 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guy, and I was pretty impressed by it. Um, he breaks some tackles, too, and he's just overall like a – he, he makes all the catches you need to, and then some he probably shouldn't be making. Um, I didn't notice any drops. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty solid overall. I think from his size, he's not quite as strong as you would want him to be, and he plays a little high, which is always an issue for those taller guys. Um, and then as an inline tight end, he struggled versus defensive ends. I think that's kind of a theme with tight ends a lot of the time, but for a bigger tight end like himself, it shouldn't be that big of an issue, but nonetheless, it was. Uh, but overall, he's probably like a, I don't know, round four, round five guy. Um, but yeah, did not make it. And then my other guy, um, UNC's Bryson Nesbitt. Did you get to him? Did not. I, I didn't have that on my list. I, I, I honestly okay. liked him. Um, he's from Charlotte, so uh, didn't go far for school. Six foot five, 235. He's one of the youngest guys that, you know, he's not going to turn 22 until like week one or something. Uh, three seasons at UNC. He has a consistent presence in that offense that really wasn't as good as people thought it would be, but he improved each season. Similar to Johnson, I really liked that. Um, 41 catches, 585, five touchdowns, so 14.3 a catch, uh, which was up there in terms of the you know collegiate leaders at tight ends. I noticed he had really good vision, which is surprising for a tight end. Um, route running was pretty solid. He was a, just a natural separator. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he was also, you know, while he separated, he didn't maintain that separation, you know, after the catch, um, he got caught up to pretty easily. So it's just the crisp route running from his play to his advantage. I think it made it tougher on those safeties. A lot of the time that matched up with him, 
Um, some inside linebackers, but primarily safeties. He's pretty quick. Um, another guy that just had pretty good hands, you know, a few drops. I don't think he's meant to be inline tight end. I think he would be best in the slot. And I think they line him up outside or out wide sometimes even, uh, but probably best in the slot. And I noticed like with releases in terms of his alignment, he wasn't consistent with them and that his best releases were from the slot as well. So another round four guy, but I liked him overall. Question. Did you, did you watch Jaheim Bell? I did. Okay. He was next on my list that I did not get to. Um, yeah, Jaheim Bell was like next up, and I was like, ah, I, I don't have time to get it before the pod. So I do think Jaheim Bell would have slotted in as my number five, just based on what I've seen preliminarily, but I didn't want to throw him in here without having watched him. So I, I will say, like, Jaheim Bell probably would be my number five had I watched him. Guy that I did watch, because I've watched a lot of their, just ease more tape of that, more access to tape. Um, A.J. Barnard of Michigan, um, word I gave him was blocker. Very, very to the point with 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 Barner. Um, he he was their primary blocking tight end. Had a really solid blocking grade this year. Was a transfer from Indiana. Um, so I think he's a sneaky pass catcher. Um, but again, a high quality blocker. Played a big part in the running game. Um, they lined him up in line and kind of as an H back as well. Um, again, I think he's a sneaky play uh, pass catcher in play action. I think he's a a smart route runner. Uh, I think he kind of. He runs his routes well in play action. He sells the run really hard. Um, just a guy who's not going to offer a lot of upside as a pass catcher, just given the nature of his role at Michigan. But again, um, I think it can't be understated how, how important it is to have a quality blocking tight end and a guy who who at least knows how to find the soft spot in his zone when he comes out of play action. I didn't think he did a good job of that this year. So um, didn't drop a ton of balls. But again, the, the biggest thing with him um, is that he's he's a blocker at, at heart. Um Again, sneaky yak guy. Again, sneaky after the catch. I wouldn't expect, wouldn't have expected him to be as good after the catch as he was. Um, missed, you know, forced five missed tackles, broken or forced five missed tackles this year. Um, which is which is solid. Um, just didn't get all the targets at all. And, and um, I can certainly see his receiving role being carved out a little bit further at the NFL level with an offense that runs a lot of play action. Uh, a guy whose best ball could be ahead of him as a pass catcher, but a really solid blocker. I was so close to getting a Barner and I didn't. <laughs> okay, so we probably flopped, but yeah, so we okay, good, good. I'm I'm glad that you got to, that you got to Bell and I got to Barner and they were next up. For, I'm glad we got to both those guys. Good. good. Right. So my number five was Jaheim Bell. Okay. Uh, out of Florida State. Yep. Six three two thirty nine. So your average tight end. He's gonna be twenty three over the summer. Um, he spent three seasons at South Carolina and one at Florida State. Just wanted to transfer for a more prominent role in the offense. Um, and had that his best season was in 2023. He has, you know, a good bit of upside as a receiving tight end. Um, 39 catches, five over 500 yards, only two touchdowns. So they primarily used him, you know, to get to the red zone. 13 a catch. One of the many versatile tight ends in this class, I think, uh, that I looked at at least. Aligned in the backfield, he aligned out wide, twitchier than most tight ends. Uh, in terms of what he was lacking, he really couldn't block as well as other tight ends. So more of a receiver, like I said, um, more of a receiver tight end than a blocking tight end. Had some costly drops on third and fourth down. I noticed um, a couple on fourth that you know he had he was past the sticks and just couldn't haul it in on what was a you know more than catchable pass when he was open. So other than that, uh, yeah, blocking and then just some consist inconsistency with uh, drops is really it he's probably another you know round four guy but i liked him overall um obviously enough to put him in my top five out of the seven i looked at but yeah all right so like i said i'm glad we got to both those guys um i'll jump to my guy number four then uh, with cade stover out of ohio state gave cade the sure-handed tag on this one um zero percent drop rate this year it's pretty impressive um guy that i thought could have declared last year and was going to declare last year clearly went back to school given how good the tight end class was um thought he listen he's a, he's a really good receiver i think he slots into the big slot role really nicely um did the inline thing well he's not a phenomenal blocker he's a little undersized at 6'4 251 but he's a he's us as he's a leaner like he's a thinner 251 he's not like a super thick 251 if that makes sense a little leaner so um, really good after the catch. 
forced eight missed tackles this year, which is tied for 16th among tight ends. Um, six contested catches, which is really solid as well, tied for 11th. Um, again, 60% contested catch rate is really big for me. Um, so on 50-50 balls, he's 60-40. Um, I liked him a lot last year. What holds me back from liking him more is the fact that he's just he's just not an inline tight end, really. He's not really a blocker. I mean, that's okay. It just he's going to be a role specific guy that I think doesn't quite fit what teams need as a as a as a as a full kind of a full scope tight end. And that might remind you of Dalton Kincaid, but again, Kincaid was he he did the blocking thing pretty well. He was a very willing blocker, and I thought it it was more about like hey, just be a little bit better of a leverage player for him. And he was also a special big slot. I mean, guy, you just don't see a lot of guys like that. We have one in this class. You just don't see a lot of guys that move like Kincaid did in routes and all that stuff. So um, I think Stover, maybe a Dalton Kincaid light, if you will. Um, a little bit smaller for sure. You know, Dalton was about 6'6". Six, six. Um, so Kincaid's a couple inches shorter. But again, a really solid after the catch guy. Um, so finds his zone nicely and um, was really a security blanket the last two years for C.J. Stroud. And then um, this year for for Kyle Brown. Um, or sorry, Kyle McCord. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. Uh, for Kyle McCord, well, I guess it was really more of a safety blanket the last two years. But again, being a tight end, he was a solid safety net for those guys um, this year. And, and turned in a turned in a better season this year for sure. Just um, you know, bet me better better than he would have been tight end for last year. But you know, a little disappointed in, in not having him at at three here. Right. Yeah, he is my tight end three. Um, okay. Out of Mansfield, Ohio. Just- kind of get to it real quick uh yeah like you said six four two fifty one a little bit leaner though and he's gonna be 24 over the summer so that's not great he spent all five years at ohio state only really produced in these last two seasons uh where he had 77 catches for 982 and 10 touchdowns this season he had 41 for 576 five touchdowns 14 a catch which is up there you know anything above 13 five is really good um, I noticed he was, you know, a bigger frame, which is similar to the other tight ends in the class, but at the same time being quick, kind of like a poor man's Brock Bowers is what I had. Um, just not as quick or fast in space or short area as you would expect from a guy that was a little, you know, leaner, but bigger. Um, and I thought he was a fine blocker. I think his role is not strictly as an inline tight end. I think it would be better to move him around a little bit, um, just to help round out his game. Um, I think he is really good in the slot. He can occasionally be in line. Um, I think he was inconsistent, and this could have been due to you know poor line play or lack of awareness from McCord, but I thought he was a little inconsistent in finding the soft spot um, in zone. I know a lot of the times that's where he you know made his money, where he got downfield, you know broke some tackles and really made a big gain out of not a whole lot. But there was also some times where you know. I guess the line breaks down and McCord's scrambling. He is having trouble getting to a spot. Um, but that was really it other than, you know, also inconsistencies in blocking, which was, you know, kind of a given, but I think he's a round three guy. Um, he could slide into round two, just given the class overall, if you need a tight end, but uh, he's probably around three guy. He's, you know, I think he can be a modern day tight end more so than some other guys. So that plays to his favor, but yeah, number three for me, and I liked him overall. You got a four. Let's hear it. I'm curious. I do have a four. Um, you know, five was Jaheim Bell. Three is Cade Stover. My four is Kansas State's Ben Sinnott. Yes. Yes. He, yes. My God. He, uh, he was solid. He's from Waterloo, Iowa. So, you know, Iowa breeds tight ends, whether they go to the university or not. Um, they're very you know, centered on their tight ends, just incredible tight ends at the end of the day. And so expect Senate to have a good role. Um, I think, you know, he's probably a round three guy again, but at the end of the day, he's another one that, you know, a team probably brings in and looks for him to compete for a starting job. And if he wins that job, I think he can put up some good stats, obviously, depending on the level of QB and offensive personnel around him. But he spent four seasons at Kansas State. He's 6'4", 245, so pretty solid stature. Um, he is going to turn 22 uh, in June, I believe. Played in three of the four seasons that he was at Kansas State. He had, In the past two years, he's been great. 80 catches, over 1,100 yards with 10 touchdowns. This season, 
He had 49 for 676, six touchdowns and almost 14 a catch. So great stats across the board. Um, you know, K-State was a pretty good team. I think he was definitely their main focal point. But what I really liked about him is they used him all over in multiple alignments. And he was a good blocker when you can be versatile in your alignment and, you know, do your job more more so than do your job in as an inline tight end. I think that's really beneficial for an offense. It increases your value. Um, I noticed he wasn't quite as quick or as like twitchy, speedy that I wanted him to be at the end of the day. That can be improved at the next level. I'm sure he's working on it right now, gearing up for the combine. However, um, it is currently lacking from his game, um, which is why he was at four. But I really like him a lot. Sinet's a guy that could really be a good pro, I think. And, I I mean, we're looking at him at four here. Uh, but, yeah, I think if he goes to the right offense, the right scheme, maybe gets to learn from a good tight end, then he could have a good career. And Sinet's at three for me. Evident to my reaction that I had. He's, 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 this is the guy that I said he's my guy in this class. I love Ben Sinet. Um He's a really low on a lot of consensus boards. I think he's worth a third-round selection. Easy. Um, really, really good pass catcher, I thought. Um, again, he's not, a, he's not a great athlete. Let's get that out of the way. He's not going to be this elite tester. I think he's going to be explosive. I'll say that. I think he's going to jump well. Uh, may not have a great vert. I think he's going to have a really good broad jump. He's going to do the explosives well. Um, 6'4", 245. Um, wonderful blocker. Uh, I think where Ben excels is a lead blocker uh, in run plays. He really he, went, he played fullback, played inline tight end, played H-back. Guy who's a true tight end to a T, blocks really, really well. I'll, I mean, I'll say it, he's probably the best blocker in the class. And that's and there's a guy at one who does everything really, really Pretty good. reasonable. Um, I think he's the best blocker in the class. I think he, he – I think he understands blocking the best. He's got really good – I think he's a really good technician – uh, for the tight end position, he again. I don't. I don't know how high the ceiling is for Ben as a like a physical specimen because he's just not the athlete the other two guys are ahead of him. And Kate Stover is, um, even Jaheen Bell, to my knowledge, from what I've seen from kind of what you said. Um, but again, just a really really sound player. Um, let me give you my word for Ben. I said sleeper was my word for him. Um, if I had to give him like a, a different word, I would probably go with with clean. He's a clean prospect. Does a lot really, really well. Um, does as a blocker. He's a. I think he's a much better, like you said, better pass catcher than give it credit for. He's a huge role in Kansas State's success the last two seasons. Um, again, Lambert H back, fullback, in line. You name it, he does it well. Um, so a big fan of Ben's. I'll get to my number two, who I know for a fact is your number two because we have the same guy at one. Um, Jatavian Sanders out of Texas. Uh, JT Sanders is what you'll see him referred to as a lot of the time. Um, former five-star prospect out of Denton, Denton Ryan High School in uh, Denton, te- in te- Denton, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. Um, phenomenal athletic profile, good after the, really good after the catch, solid route runner. Um, he's got moments as a blocker that are really solid, um, and he's got a really high ceiling. Um, I just don't know what the floor looks like for him. I feel like there's a, a relatively low before he drops some passes. You go, man, like that's that's head scratching. Like what what's going on? You shouldn't be dropping that. Um, and it's maybe not drops as opposed to like, I'd like to see a little more effort out of him. I mean, he's got a zero. So yeah, let me rephrase. 0% drop rate is really solid. He doesn't like balls don't hit his hands or bounce off his chest. But what I would count as drops are effort balls. Like, hey, man, give a little more effort to get to this ball. Right? Like you maybe got a hand on it, but like, how about we extend two hands instead of just like a fingertip? Let's get two hands on the ball. Let's maybe dive for a ball here and there. I just I feel like he wasn't a phenomenal effort player, if that makes sense, which I value a lot at the tight end position. Tight, listen, tight end's a dirty work position. You're a half offensive lineman. You're a half pass catcher. Um, and you're doing a lot of the dirty work, especially in the play-action game, a lot of underneath routes, kind of sifting through the mud, getting beat around by linebackers and, and, and end rushers. So um, that said, he's an explosive guy after the catch. He's a great athlete. Um, he's a really good receiver as well. Like I said, r- runs good routes. I thought he played the, the scramble drill well. I thought he came back to the quarterback well. Um, just, again, maybe a little more effort. And just he's got to become a better – so if we're saying Ben Sinnott's a really clean player, Jatavian Sanders is a little more raw of a player. He's got a lot to learn, but, again, it's all there. The tools are in the toolbox. I would just like to see him put it together more often, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, my number two as well, like you said, from Denton. Um, I think the youngest tight end in the class, he's still 20. Uh-huh. He spent three seasons at Texas, but, you know, in 21, he pretty much just played special teams. So really only tight end these past two years. Um, you know, 45 for 682, two touchdowns. So over 15 a catch, which I think is top three in the country for tight ends. He just wins at the catch point, I noticed a lot. And at his size, he has pretty good yak ability, yards after catch. Um, lined up in multiple different alignments and was better when he was used all over the field. Um, I noticed he wasn't, yeah, I mean, like you said, he wasn't the best effort guy. Um, and that came to blocking as well. I, mm-hmm. It just seemed like unless the play was going to him, he kind of took a step back uh, in a sense. But, I mean, he is a natural playmaker, I thought, overall. Like I said, soft hands just doesn't drop the ball, clean catches, transition, um, turning up field. It's just there are balls that are thrown his way that he could come down with, and he just doesn't come down with it. Um, I thought the run, route running was a little more precise than I initially thought going in. Uh, a little coming by surprise a little bit. Um, he's not necessarily a field stretcher, but I mean he's more of like a possession receiver, I think. Um, he can move the chains whenever you need him to. He's always a reliable safety blanket for a lo- for Quinn in his case, but whoever drafts him, I think um, will find him as a you know reliable safety blanket. I think um, he played a ton of snaps these past two years, appearing in 25 games, and the QB had an incredible passer rating when you know he was targeted. So, like I said, just a safe option. I think a lot of teams are going to view him as that and view him as kind of like you said a little more raw of a prospect that they can mold and develop um, over the course of his four-year rookie contract. But I'm really looking forward to seeing not only who takes him, but how they develop him, because I think he could be a viable option um, as not only a tight end in the league, but a go-to receiver. Oh, for sure. I, I, he's a guy that, again, the ceiling is is super high for him. I, I, he's not, listen, he's not Brock Bowers. Spoiler alert, Brock Bowers is at one for both of us. Um, he's not Brock. But I like the ceiling here, given the fact that, again, he's a raw player, and I feel like a lot of the stuff technically he needs to get better at can be coached. The Again, the one thing we both hit on, it's it's can the effort get better at the next level, which I think it can. It's just a matter of like, hey, can they get it out of him, and, and who who's the staff to get it out of him, if that makes sense. Um, again, you're right. He, he can be a quality receiver, security blanket, can be a really, really solid blo- um, really solid blocker, given the physical tools he possesses. It's just a matter of being a better leverage player and a better guy. He's a little undersized. Um, him and Bowers, I believe, are both 6'4", three-pound difference. Um, but Sanders is a little bit undersized. I feel like he could be a better leverage player, a better, a, more of a smart player as a blocker. Um, I think it's a nice segue into Brock Bowers. Um a little bit of little bit of backstory. Three-year starter at Georgia. Um, in my opinion, he stepped foot on campus at Georgia and took one snap and was the best offensive player on the field. Every snap, the best player on the field for Georgia's offense. Um, that includes George Pickens. That includes the quarterbacks. That includes Broderick Jones. That includes Amarius Mims, uh, A.D. Mitchell, all the running backs, everybody. Brock Bowers was the best offensive player on the field. I don't think it was close. Um, a generational talent by all, by every stretch of the means. Again, a little undersized. It's got him listed at 6'3", uh, 6'3", 6'4", 240, depending on where you look. Um, but what Brock l- kind of lacks in size as a blocker, he makes up for with intelligence and leverage, which is what I'd like to see J2 do more of, right? Um, Brock does everything extremely well. Um, the phrase they gave him was oversized gazelle because that's what he looks like. He runs like that. You just don't, you don't see tight ends force 18 missed tackles in a season, and he missed four or five games. He got, he got tightrope surgery on his ankle. You don't see that stuff after the catch, in the route, before the route, at the line of scrimmage, as an H-back, as a big slot. You pick, the, you pick a spot. Brock Bowers is phenomenal there. Um, really good blocker downfield, too. I thought he, thought he was a really good – as a big slot – you got to go out and block DBs or block linebackers. Thought he did that really, really well. Um, again, every every good thing you want to say about this guy, throw it at him. Um, in my early uh, my early big board, I believe he's number four. Yeah, number four. So 
Um, I'll let you kind of talk about more of the nuances of his game, but um, special, special, special player out of Georgia, generational talent um, by every stretch of the means, and a guy who's going to be um, a really special NFL player and uh, kind of from day one. Yeah, I mean, this guy's, like you said, um, one of a kind for the most part in terms of what he's capable of doing, just how complete he is. But real quick, um, he's from Napa, California, so I think I don't know what led him to Georgia. I don't know if it was just the way they recruited him, you know, kind of the roster they already had. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure Georgia was a good bit different than how he grew up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of tight ends in this class. They're around 6'4", 240, but none of them are nearly like him. You know, athleticism overall, just everything adds up for him to be a top 10, 12 pick. I think at the worst, he's going to be, you know, after 10, probably no later than 12, likely around six to eight, five to eight. Um, I mean, he just turned 21, so he's got that on his side as well. He plays like a seasoned veteran. Uh, 31 touchdowns across his three years at Georgia. His best season was his freshman season, but also it's in part due to the lack of talent around him this past year. Um, he had 56 for 714, six touchdowns, and almost 13 to catch this season, and a season that he missed some games, like you said. Uh, he's more explosive and like quicker, twitchier than you would expect from a tight end. I think that's going to surprise a lot of guys in training camp and in preseason and season and you know, every time everyone's first time lining up against him, I think they'll be a little surprised by it. Um, surprising long speed, too, which makes him a yards after catch threat. Um, good contact balance, which was rare from guys in this class, I think. Um, and then ball skills. Those are, I mean, some of his many strengths. In terms of weaknesses, I mean, he is a solid blocker, but he wasn't the best blocker in the class. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, couldn't find a whole lot else. I think sometimes he would have a little bit of trouble separating, but at the end of the day, he would win nearly every one because he would make another move. And then, you know, right when the ball is coming and, you know, bring it down and then get some yards. So not a whole lot of, you know, issues with that. I think he was really clean, even though teams knew he was getting the ball a lot of the time. I think that hindered him a little bit, but uh, still produced at a high level was over 700 receiving yards in well, like eight games. So, like I said, top 10 at worst, top 12 pick. A guy to look out for come April 25th. And, yeah, I just think at the end of the day, he's going to be a number one option for a team's offense that probably already has good players on it. And quarterback's going to be very happy with him coming into town. Um, you know, probably going to be a pretty good tight end for a long time. But, yeah, that'll pretty much do it. Uh, I mean, for both, for both of our um, tight end and safety classes, I know – they're not done, but for the sake of a lengthy, detailed discussion, uh, we aren't going to talk about them anymore. Now, if we have a few minor updates, um, you know, whether that be position rankings, big board, whatever, um, we'll probably touch on it at the beginning of each episode. I know we did last year. If we like move someone from like five to three or five to four or whatever, up or down, we would just touch on it real quick. But yeah, that pretty much does it. Um, you know, really for both position groups, we had very similar rankings, which is always good to see, I think, at the end of the day, just given we watched a lot of different guys, but we still came came out of it with the same rankings for the most part. So it's pretty consensus on who's going to be the top five guys for the most part. Obviously, like I said, still have to get some to some guys later on, probably once we're done all these rankings uh, in mid-March when we get mock drafts going. But, uh, but yeah, that'll do it. If you have anything... Uh, what do you got? Um, I was just going to say that while this wasn't uh, the, the most talented groups, I mean, listen, it's still fun to get to. Um, next week we've got, we want to, we want to talk about next week. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I think maybe the worst position could win the class next week. was the now, Yeah, that's very, very, uh, very real possibility, it's a, I think. It's an, ast- it's um, an astute. That's an astute remark. That's an astute observation yeah. right there. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, linebackers aren't great this year. And then running backs as well. Um, I'm pumped for running backs. Linebackers should be fun to at least get to. Kind of maybe some sleepers that um, may not know about. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. And then after that, we'll get into some more, uh, I guess, some position groups that are going to be. Well, next week will be our last week with two. That, that's the big one. We'll have one per week after that. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Listen, it's 
got to get it done, right? So, we'll, we'll, like you said, we won't talk about these guys again in a dedicated episode. Guys like Brock Bowers probably will because we're going to talk about him in mock drafts to, to, to an extensive level. And we get to big boards. I mean, he's going to be a top 10 player, I assume, for both of us. Um, top five player for me. I think that's probably pretty firm. Um, so, he'll get more run. But guys like JT Sanders, Ben Sinnott, Kate Stover, uh, you know, Cam Kinchins, Javon Bullard may not get a ton more run as we go through. Um, obviously, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we will – change our rankings if need be when we need to um, after the senior bowl, after, after the combine, all that stuff. So certainly going to look for that. Um, because as we did last year, we'll start off every episode, you know, say next week, both of us watch a couple of a tight end and we go, Oh man, we're going to throw him uh, at number five for both of us behind our number four. We'll talk about that beginning of the episode next week before we talk about inside linebackers or running backs. And then going forward, kind of follow that same, that same line. Um, like you said, I'm excited for it. It should be awesome to kind of get into kind of the rest of these guys and um, can't wait for what's to come in March. Um, some really, really good classes here we're getting to in March, so I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah, for sure. I, I know. Looking forward to it. Hope you all are. Obviously, you know, the draft coverage isn't for everyone, but that's why we got a separate episode. Uh, looking forward to next next week's as well with running backs, inside linebackers, even though. You know, two of the top backs, Trayvon Henderson, Donovan Edwards, opted to return to school. However, uh, still looking forward to diving into those guys. But, you know, if you're not into the draft, we still cover a bunch of other stuff that will. Uh, the episode covering all of that and the divisional round game predictions will come out this week on Thursday. Um, still looking forward to getting that getting that one out to y'all. I know um, kind of a lot going on across the sports landscape obviously nfl playoffs but we also have the nhl and nba season both with all-star breaks coming up and we have golf obviously back in session um and yeah i mean including football in that episode now as we're dedicating our monday episodes to positional rankings we'll have everything else that has to do with you know the playoffs or coaches or whatever that will be discussed in a regular episode. So thank y'all for tuning in. Always like getting this out to you guys, especially this time of year, as we kind of, at least for me, first get into these, the draft class, these, you know, top players. I know I've kind of put it off just given, you know, I've been watching football, Ravens playing pretty well. I want to still pay attention to that, but also, you know, in my spare time now, getting to these guys that are going to be, you know, highly touted come late April. So Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all Thursday, like I said. And yeah, that'll do it for us on the first edition of the Positional Rankings. Yep, we'll see you guys soon.